0: The Vikings' preseason power rankings are up, and they might surprise you. What are the Twins' wild card chances and the NFC North's latest drama? It's all coming up next on Superior Sports Talk. Carol Evans sports anchor Reggie Wilson covers the Twin City sports scene nonstop. Luke Inman is ready to put him on the hot seat. what you got going
1: to do to me? Instant analysis. Yanked. Out you go. Post game breakdowns and red hot takes. The Timberwolves need a stick. Reggie and Luke give you a daily
0: dose of Minnesota sports with Superior Sports Talk. Part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. And it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke, another episode, Superior Sports Talk presented by Lockdown Sports Minnesota, your daily 30 minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports. That's Reggie Wilson on Twitter, at Reggie Wilson TV, and on Care 11. Hump Day Reg, we're breaking down the Vikes' latest power rankings coming up. And they're, shall I say, interesting.
1: Yeah, I think hmm. some folks might be upset by those hmm. power
0: rankings. Yes, sir. Remember, follow along Locked On Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button there and on Twitter, give us a follow at Locked On, M-I-N. Remember, we're a podcast too, free and available, all platforms, Spotify, Apple, you name it, we got it. plethora of choices over there. Ron Johnson Show, The Football Party, and more, your one-stop shop with endless Vikings talk with local experts. Subscribe, drop us a five-star review, and take us everywhere on the go. To football, we go. 14 days, week one, NFL season kicks off. ESPN's latest power rankings. They're up, they're live. And Reg, we've talked plenty all offseason, months and months. Vikes' potential, their returning talent, solid quarterback play, good draft class. So, where do you think the ESPN NFL experts, when polled, have the Vikings ranked out of 32 teams heading into the NFL season?
1: I cheated, Luke. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I never know with you. On Wednesday.
0: Yeah, I never know where they are. Yeah, well, tell the people. Yeah, see, I would have guessed, I mean, we talk about this a lot, and never try to be a homer, take off the purple glasses, put down the purple Kool-Aid. I would have guessed middle teens think I could have made a case for as high as 14 or 15, maybe as low as 17 or 18 at worst, I guess. 23, mm-hmm. 23rd, the 23rd ranked team in the NFL, putting them in the bottom 10 in the league, just two spots ahead of the Bears, which <laughs> – you know me and the bears just hilarious in my opinion (laughs) and the lions are right behind them which we'll get into that later but 23 reg i mean just no respect apparently the espn experts do not think highly of the vikes here are a few teams ahead of the vikes in the rankings washington commanders arizona cardinals new orleans saints new england patriots were ahead of them and one spot ahead of them at 22 the pittsburgh steelers starting a rookie quarterback over there so i could see a few of those cards high potential maybe the Saints if Jameis has a good year but I guess 23rd feels awfully low here are our expectations of this team a little too rosy right now or what am I missing from the national lens
1: I just think the national people aren't necessarily paying attention enough Mm -hmm. you know they had a post-draft ranking of 23 Mm -hmm. and now as we stand a few weeks away from the season they just kept them there at 23. It just feels like they didn't do any homework. They didn't come to training camp. They didn't watch, you know, they don't, they don't think about the, the upside of the team with all the talent that they have and the new regime coming in and all that good stuff. I guess they just don't believe. And so looking at this article too, they have who's on the hot seat, Garrett Bradbury. And it's just like, it almost just kind of feels like old news to me, you know, like We've been talking about this for a long time, and I guess because the season is about to start, and we're about to actually have to see Bradbury in action, maybe that's why they felt like that was a a thing to do, but you know they talked about how you know he was an immediate starter at center, briefly benched last season, did not pick up the fifth year option on his contract, and so. They're talking about giving him one final chance to to show and prove his mettle with the Vikings. And he's had his struggles so far this uh preseason during training camp. It's been noted. And people are, you know, kind of they're they're scared. I would say yeah. they're scared. If if that's gonna be the the center option for them coming forward this season, people are like, I don't know, I don't know. But it just feels weird to base a, a ranking like who's on the hot seat you know, on instability at the center position. I don't right. really know if that plays. I don't know.
0: Yeah, first off, the national pundits, they must have missed that joint practice when Kirk Cousins was dropping some F-bombs, okay? He's taking his game to the next level this year. But you're right. About Bradbury, that's going to be an ongoing debate all season, I would imagine. I could argue even without average center play. The Vikings feel like they're set at the other four positions at offensive line. When's the last time they could say that? Darisaw, Ezra, Ingram, and O'Neal. And the majority of times, Bradbury should have one of those two guards helping him out, which, honestly, it doesn't sound like much, but it can make the world a difference when you've got a capable right guard next to him now for the first time in his career, or Ezra Mm -hmm. Cleveland as well to the left of him. That could make a big difference because, let's face it, if the interior backing and protection isn't holding up for Kirk— then all this talk of this offensive explosion is dead before it starts. But just as a whole, just real quick, quick snapshot, 15 seconds. What do you think about the offensive line as a whole? Not just pinpointing on Bradbury, but just this five-man unit. Because for me, following this team for the last 15 years, it seems like the first offensive line unit that I can really get behind.
1: Yeah, I think so. You know, when you look at the, the position group by group, you know, I think they're strong. You know, you talk about the the center position, but if that's the only like maybe weak link that you have along the whole line, I think you're pretty, you're pretty excited. You know, we've talked about Derrissaw, him being the next coming of of, of Moses on the line. <laughs> and then, you know, you, you got Ezra Cleveland who is steady at left. And, you know, Ed Ingram working his way up to RG1. And Brian O'Neill. you don't even think about him over there, he's just like, You know, you're like that old, like, infomercial with Emeril Lagasse. Set it and forget it. Like, you just don't even worry about him. It's just like, all right, he's going to erase whoever is on that right side. It's going to be fine. And so when you look at it by, you know, position by position, you're like, dang, like, if center is all we're worried about, I know that's a big thing to worry about, but it's like, if center is all we're worried about, we should be in pretty good shape
0: quick snapshot of the rest of the division here start with the bears i think they have one of the worst rosters in the entire league fine play this good clip Lord. back to me vault me i don't care i just think it's that bad they've done absolutely nothing to help develop that prize quarterback they mortgage the future for their defense is always going to be solid it, it always is every year roquan smith robert quinn two really good draft picks in the secondary but Reg, it's an offensive league. You gotta be able to score some points now and again. Buy or sell on the Bears and the fact that they're tied so closely to the Vikes at this poll. Just two spots differentiate these two teams.
1: Yeah, kind of weird to me. I would sell they would definitely be lower on this uh rankings list. I think they they went into this, you know, they they traded for Nikhil Harry, and it's just like eh, that's not really like you know, world breaking.
0: and your number one wide receiver
1: yeah number one wide receiver is darnell mooney who is you know a talented player but when you have a quarterback like that i understand like the bears have have gone into full rebuild mode like that it's fine but like you don't want to hurt a quarterback's confidence or stunt his development or growth and i don't know like i feel like guys are not going to be open so he's going to be looking to you know tuck and run a lot and when you have a quarterback doing that as opposed to standing in the pocket and you know going through his progressions and making throws on time and all that stuff, like you don't want to get into get that quarterback into the habit of of tucking and running. And I feel like he's gonna be doing a lot of that this season because like I just don't trust the the receivers that he has. He's gonna have a, a steady running game. You know, Montgomery is a pretty solid running back, but Everything else beyond that, like, I just don't trust it. And if you have this young quarterback, this young stud, who I truly believe Justin Fields is going to be a star in the league, but you don't want to stunt his growth or his development by a a, a slow rebuild year where you're trying to figure things out and and put pieces together, see who's going to stay, who's going to go long term. Like, I don't know that that's a good recipe for success for a young quarterback.
0: Yeah, and the biggest problem I have with that whole thing, Fields is good. He could be good. Uh, David Montgomery, you mentioned him. Darnell Mooney, solid. Cole Komet could be solid. The offensive line, though, is so bad. So it's like people say, well, he should have a good running game. Will they? I mean, that offensive line has so many question marks on him. Unless you're a Najee Harris. Pittsburgh had one of the worst offensive lines in the league last year as well. And unless you're like a Najee Harris or a Derrick Henry, maybe it doesn't matter, but I just have a hard time thinking that they're going to have much offensive production because the protection up front this game's still won and lost in the trenches too many question marks for me anyways and again worst roster in the NFL outside of maybe I don't know Falcons Houston I still think they win four or five games because I don't know if you looked at their schedule it's pretty soft check the schedule out they're going to start on to San Fran and Green Bay but then they play Houston and the Giants could steal one there Minnesota always has a tough time at Soldier Field. Brett Favre, magical season. Brett Favre comes in, they go 12-4. They still couldn't beat Chicago in Soldier Field. Mm. So that, you know, they're going to win one or two games inside the division with Detroit twice as well. And then they get a stretch of Miami, Detroit, Atlanta and the Jets and I just think they'll probably win one or two of those games as well so right. as much as I don't like this team this year unfortunately if you're a Bears fan listening I'm a little hesitant to smash the under on whatever it may be four and a half games or something like that because in the NFL again any given week you just never know how about the Lions I really got a lot of faith in Dan Campbell I really love what he's doing over there they're building something You're watching over hard knocks special. huh yeah, buying in, man. I'm buying in. Is it, this the same old Lions, though? I mean, haven't we been saying this for like two decades since Barry Sanders left and Charlie Batch was hooking up with Herman Edwards and Johnny Morton? They'll win more than three games this year. I have no doubt about that. But buy or sell the Lions taking a big leap forward and pushing that 500 mark, maybe somewhere around 8 and 8.
1: Yeah, i, I buy that. You know, but it's funny as I'm watching Hard Knocks and and just thinking about everything that they're doing. I'm like, they still got Jared Goff as quarterback, and he's mm-hmm. competent, but he's kind of like a diet Kirk Cousins, if you will. Like, <laughs> you know, he's he's if if Kirk Cousins is Coca Cola, Jared Goff is Shasta. He's Shasta. And I mean, Thank look, you. I yeah. I love me some Shasta. You know, Shasta was delicious back in the day, but. You know, it's like he's still he's still soda. You know, he's still a quarterback, but you know, he's he's the quality is just not as much as you know you would desire. Um, you know, point being that Detroit traded Matthew Stafford away, and and the Lions were, were 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 excited to get a guy like Jared Goff back for a guy like Matthew Stafford, who was kind of like a franchise cornerstone for a decade, and so. I think it's it's interesting, man. Like, the talent is better all the way around. You know, you look at the wide receivers. You know, they're highlighting so many receivers on hard knocks. Amon Ross St. Brown and, and you know, uh, Shark and these guys. Jameson Williams got placed on the reserve pub mm-hmm. list yesterday. He's going to come back soon. So, like, golf is going to have a lot of weapons to spread the ball around to. So that part is exciting. The defense should be better. You know, uh, Glenn loves uh, Rodrigo, Malcolm Rodriguez. I've been watching the Hard Knocks. It's been fun to watch. Um, And Dan Campbell has talked about how people feel like Dan Campbell, I guess the rap on him is that he's just not intellectually advanced as a coach, as maybe not like some the, of the X's others. and
0: O's genius, like yeah. a fellow checker McVay kind of guy. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. And and he's like, Well, look, that that plays to my advantage. The dumber you think I am, the better off we'll be because I'll you know come up and surprise you. And you know what? I don't really know what to think. I you know, watching hard knocks, I know he's a, a passionate guy, a big energy guy, but like I don't know how much, you know, he's the the puppeteer pulling the strings, you know, as opposed to just him being a a guy that's a steady presence, a, a motivating factor for them. Like, I don't know how strong X's and O's wise he is. Like, he was a tight ends coach before that. I, I don't freaking know. Like, he did come up under Sean Payton, so I'm sure he understands different concepts and things like that. He had a pretty lengthy career in the NFL, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you know That being said, they did beat the Vikings last year.
0: That's true. Sean Payton, one of the best in the biz when it comes to that. So I got to think, you know, he soaked up a little bit of that Sean Payton knowledge somewhere in there as well. Mm -hmm. I love their draft, though, too. Hutchinson, stud. They found a steal in Blake Rodrigo. You just mentioned him, stud. And they needed a hit on a linebacker, too, because it's been a long time. Jamison Williams, glad you brought him up. Won't be ready for, it sounds like, probably four to six weeks. I mean, that's just always been the general timetable. Uh, if not makes even sense he had a he yeah, had an ACL injury
1: late in the in the game so
0: exactly and Josh Pascoe, who I really like coming out of Kentucky I was hoping the Vikes would target him in fact Ron Johnson our boy mentioned the Vikings were looking long and hard at him Detroit steals mm-hmm. him we'll see him in the division the next five six years twice a year but he starts on the pup as well so they could start mm-hmm. out slow as my point out the gate but don't count him out at any point I mean they like to play spoiler like they did last year last one Green Bay Packers Won 13 games four consecutive years. First off, that's just absolutely insane considering not one of those years did they make the Super Bowl. But Reg, every season, folks peg them down assuming they'll regress back to the mean a bit and they'll get burnt. But Rodgers, can he pull out another MVP season out of his hat? Can he carry this no receiving group to the promised land once again? Buy or sell the Packers actually regressing finally this year in 2022.
1: I'm going to sell because Aaron Rodgers is still there. He's still there. You know what, and all this stuff about the receivers and all that stuff, like, okay, I, I guess there was some truth to it, but he probably is playing a little bit of game of chicken as well. Like, he'll mm-hmm. come out in week one against the the Vikings just throwing it all over the field. You know, like, all that's been said about, oh, this is going to be a run-first defensive-led team this year They made all these improvements to defense and you know, they're gonna ride out with Dylan and 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 you know, Aaron Jones and they're gonna they're gonna rely on those things. And it's just like uh Aaron Rodgers just signed for like fifty million of them things, you know. <laughs> so like the team is still gonna come and go as he as he leads them. And so like he's gonna bring as he always does. You know, like we didn't know who freaking Alan Lazard was, you know, several years ago. He brought him along, made him a guy, you know, like he always has a guy that he brings along that ends up becoming one of his top receivers. And so that's not gonna change this year. He still got Randall Cobb there. Like he's got some guys there that that he's gonna bring along and that he's gonna find some trust in. And so I am not, I am not buying into the hype about them regressing. Like they're gonna be right there when it's all said and done.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. Burned too many times saying they won't win as many games this year. Rodgers is old, et cetera, et cetera. Great defense. They've hit so many random day two and day three offensive linemen in the draft, which it's just such a huge advantage when you're building your roster and you can use those Mm -hmm. early picks and extra money on different positions. They're going to lean on Dylan and Jones enough to open up some play action and make just enough passing plays to win these close games again, which Rodgers is just so good at. Can't bet against them. Do they win 13 games? Probably not, but they'll win the division. They'll be a top three seed in the NFC again. Sorry, Vikings fans. Just the cold, hard truth Dang, we're facing here. Straight
1: like that, huh?
0: We want to know from you. What do you think of ESPN's latest preseason rankings and your prediction on the NFC North? Go comment on the YouTube channel. Let us know what you think. Remember, Lockdown Sports Minnesota gives you endless Vikings talk with local experts and now offers you a new podcast all about the Vikes. The Minnesota Football Party brings together a panel of podcasters and writers with big opinions on the purple. Myself, a Hasan of The Athletic. Luke Braun of Lockdown Vikings, and of course, Sam Ekstrom of The Ron Johnson Show. An hour of Vikings talk every Monday and Thursday. Find the show wherever you get your podcasts by subscribing to Lockdown Sports Minnesota or watch the show on YouTube. Coming up, we're talking if the Twins have a better shot at winning the division or sneaking in as a wild card. But first, have you put down your Vikings future bets yet? 25 to one to win the chip, Two to one to win the NFC North. Over under at eight and a half games won this season. Maybe you like Lewis Cena's Defensive Rookie of the Year. You can check all these odds out and more with BetOnline. BetOnline.net. Fastest, easiest way to check in on all the latest lines and future bets and more. Find all your favorite sports NFL, MLB, NBA, soccer, MMA, you name it, they got it. With Bet Online, your number one source for all your betting needs, stats, news, and info. BetOnline makes betting easy. Go to BetOnline.net today to learn more. That's BetOnline.net, where the game starts. All right, to baseball we go. Quick recap last night. Twins lose 4-2 to the Astros. Verlander, machine as usual, six no-hit innings. Twins score less than three runs for the fifth game in a row. And Reg, the big takeaway for me, you really saw just how different this outfield looks when Byron Buxton isn't the man in the middle. Jake Cave filling in. He played right field. He went 0 for 4 at the plate. Just your quick thoughts on last night's game.
1: That was tough, man. You had freaking Verlander, who's like 76 years old, you know, <laughs> I, I talked about
0: you know, collective social you know, security Christian, checks.
1: Yeah, like AARP, sign them up. Like mm-hmm. I talked about how uh, Christian Derrissaw is supposed to be like the next coming of Moses. Like Justin Verlander actually is Moses. Like he is like a thousand years old, like still out there throwing cheese. Missed the last two years, 15 and three, I guess now 16 and three after that performance last night, taking a no hitter. Uh, until the seventh inning before Correa broke it up. And it's just like, dang, man. Like, it's just kind of demoralizing going out there against a guy like that. Like, you already kind of psych yourself out when you play a guy like that. You're just like, dang, man. What are we going to do against this guy tonight? And he went out there and did exactly what he's been doing all season, which is just, you know, as Shaq would say, dominate. He's out there dominating, Kenny. <laughs> been a while. And so, like, okay. yeah, I know. I know. I know. I brought it back. But, like, it was tough, man. And it was look, if you're if you're drawing silver linings, it's like, okay, the twins woke up in the ninth Mm -hmm. scored a couple runs didn't get shut out like, okay, maybe they can carry over some of that momentum into tonight. And that's your only hope, man, because they you know, I tweeted last night, they're cooked It's I've been like, so hesitant to say that. But like, man, it really kind of feels like that like their lead the lead in the division is not insurmountable. Like, it, they can get up there, but it just – each and every night it's like, okay, they got a chance. Yeah, look at that. They got a chance. Only three games – like, three games back is not that far. You know what I mean? It feels like, like 30, a mini run, doesn't it? But it yeah. does. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Feels, it feels almost insurmountable. And it's just kind of tough. You still got, like, 40 or so games left on the, on the schedule. But – it's just like, dang, man, I don't know if I hold my breath like that they'll do what they're supposed to do because these games have just been so inconsistent. You know, getting getting three out of four in the loss column against Texas and Texas has been flailing lately. And then starting off this series against Houston with a loss and Houston is one of the best teams in baseball. So it's like if you're going to like come out and jump on them, like you got to jump on them and it didn't happen. So it doesn't necessarily inspire the most confidence for the rest of the games of this series.
0: Texas, you mentioned the Rangers, by the way. They fired their manager and like started a completely new shift and rebuild mindset, and they lose that series. They can't even split a four-game series. They lose that series. Here's the deal, though. You're right. I mean, if you were to just gauge the room temperature fan base locker room experts whatever it may be it does feel like they're 30 games out of the lead but in fact you're right three games out of the lead uh, behind Cleveland and when it comes to the wild card they sit four and a half games back for one of three spots with Seattle and Baltimore ahead of them currently so I know simple math says well okay then it's easier to win the division obviously but when you look at the trajectory of the teams they need to leapfrog do you buy or sell the fact that it may end up turning out that they can make a run over the Orioles in Seattle given just how hot Cleveland has gotten and seem like they're not cooling down anytime soon 12 and 6 since the deadline
1: I think them going after the division is the the biggest thing like that if if they are able to do that then like why even have them alive for the wild card the mm-hmm. tough part is is Baltimore is playing some of the best baseball of any team this season you know I guess outside of like the Dodgers and hmm the Astros, you know, I get, you know, whatever. But like, but they're compared to some expectations, really good bas- though,
0: they yeah. are they're blowing away expectations. They traded us yeah. Lopez in the middle of a run. Like, what are you doing?
1: Exactly. Exactly. And you look at them, and then you look at some of the, the other teams in the AL East, and you would think that they are going to, you know, be challenging for that uh, wild card spot as well. And, and now, you know, you kind of just, I don't know, man. You, you're you kind of just leaving it up to chance that some of these other teams stub their toe while they try to get their stuff together. And I, I just, I don't know that you can do that. Like, I think you still chase after the division crown, do what you can in, in the division, and beat up on these teams if you can so that you can let, you know, Cleveland and Chicago kind of play that, that wild card game because you don't want to get into that fight because you haven't played consistent enough to, to think like, oh, yeah, like it's okay, if we don't get the division, we'll get a wild card spot. No, because those other teams are surging.
0: ESPN, by the way, came out with the top ten storylines this last stretch here, getting down to crunch time. They talked about mm-hmm. Cleveland, twelve and six, red hot after the deadline. Their relievers have been great. They're nine and two in extra inning games, which is outstanding. And how second mm-hmm. baseman Andre Jimenez is quietly having one of the best seasons of any young second baseman, literally ever, like ever, ever. Getting thrown out with names like Rod Carew, Joe Morgan, Willie Randolph, Paul Molitor. So they clearly have something special cooking. All of a sudden, where the Twins just feel like just absolutely flatlined like like without a pulse just nothing to hang your hat on right now if you're a fan so if it is a wild card spot though there's basically seven teams fighting for four spots and remember no tiebreaker games anymore so all ties will be determined by on-field results head-to-head intra-division record things like that so going to be interesting to see because again it doesn't just seem like Cleveland is going to slow down here anytime soon game two in Houston tonight Dylan Bundy on the mound first pitch 7:10 p.m central standard time twins just got to get some sort of Momentum building here starts with one game right here tonight. Coming up... We're getting into our Give Me One segment, and Reggie's going to give me one spicy, bold prediction in the NFC North for 2022. Remember, though, when you're subscribed to Lockdown Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Sam and Ron talk football every day in the Ron Johnson Show. Reggie Wilson gives you a sports anchor's perspective on superior sports talk. And Minnesota Football Party brings together the top Vikings podcasters in the city. Subscribe to the free Lockdown Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review or find our videos on Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button and leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Also, have you tried out Built Bar? Built Bar made with collagen protein, so it's easily digestible and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Go to Bilt.com, use promo code On 15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code On All right, time has come. One of my new favorite segments called Gimme One. I'm going to throw out a Viking topic to Reggie. He's going to give me his first response that comes to mind. Quick explanation. Let's jump right into it. Reggie, give me one bold or spicy take from the NFC North this season. Give me one kind of prediction. Could be a team, a specific player, the Vikes, you name it. I want to hear one bold take from the NFC North.
1: I feel like I've been making bold statements on the NFC North like all summer. It should um, be easy then. I, I think I I think I, one bold statement was, I think uh, – the law offices of Zadarius and Daniil Mm. were going to both have double digit sacks. Like, I think that was one that I said. Um, And I think here's another that I think I've said before, but I'll double down on it. The Vikings are going to win the division. How about that? After everything I said about the Packers, after everything I said about the Packers and how Aaron Rodgers is going to give them, give them a chance to, you know, still be that elite team that we're used to seeing from them. I'm gonna I'm gonna sneakily say that the Vikings are gonna win the division. How about that? Stu style. How, about, How that? about that?
0: How about that? I love when he goes to God Uh I, I love that. absolutely love that prediction. I'm going to say the Packers end up having a top five defense and a top five rushing attack with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. You watch week one against the Vikes. They're going to try to run this ball down the Vikings' throat. Proof, if you're the Vikings' run defense, which was pretty putrid last year, prove it to me first that you can stop this run. Until then, I'm not going to have Aaron Rodgers drop back 50 times. Let's see if you can stop this two-headed monster of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I think you'll see a lot of that early and often from the Packers this first half of the season as well. That's my little bold spicy prediction there as well. All right, next one up. Give me one. Give me one positional group on the Vikings that's the most difficult to finalize with cut days coming up. Remember, cut days yesterday, they went from 85 to 80. But next Tuesday Mm -hmm. is the big day in the NFL. The Wild Wild West, they call it. They got to go from 80 to 53 next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. What's the toughest positional grouping you have a hard time with when analyzing these cut down days for the Vikings?
1: You know what? This is cheating. Um, So just bear with me here. but I'm going to say quarterback. Like, they love, like, you know, Sean Man- so much praise has been heaped on Sean Mannion's mind and his ability to understand concepts and the offense and all that stuff. But his execution hasn't necessarily been there. And I don't think that you can trust him going into a, a game. I mean, we've seen it already, but going into a game and having him try to win you a game when it's on the line and your season is on the line and you can't rely on Kirk Cousins because he's out with COVID or any random injury or whatever. You put him out there and, like, getting his mind to translate to the physical on the field is just not there, right? And so I don't know that you can rely on him. But then you look at Kellen Mond and maybe he's just still a little too green for the NFL game because we've seen him make some bonehead mistakes you know, his play in the last preseason game against the 49ers didn't inspire confidence at all that he could get it done if they needed him to when Kirk Cousins was not available. And so they go and sign Nick Mullins, and they're like, okay, all right, so we get Mullins. Do we keep Cousins and Mullins, let Mannion go, who we do hold in such high regard and maybe try to put Mond on the practice squad? Do we maybe keep Mond and let Mannion go and we go into the the year with three quarterbacks or do we just keep Mullins behind Cousins let Mannion go and try to get Mond on the practice squad just to continue his development and it's just like I really don't know what they're going to do in this situation, so many people think that it's easy that they got it figured out. Especially after getting Mullins, it's like, oh, okay, you just keep Mullins, let Manning go, and just keep him moving like that. And it's funny because like Mullins has the potential to be a guy, you know, especially in this offense that he already kind of knows so well. They they talked about it yesterday. You know, he knows the concepts. Maybe just the verbiage is different because the the offense is similar to you know what he ran in San Francisco, in Cleveland under Stefanski, who came from Minnesota. Like, the offense is similar in that regard. But maybe the verbiage is different because the last several years, you know, O'Connell's offense that he kind of got from Shanahan, kind of got from, you know, Belichick, McDaniels, and the Patriots, and all those guys. And now, you know, the last couple of years, he's been under McVay, and so he shifted the verbiage to McVay's verbiage. So it's kind of like a hybrid of all those offenses into one. But now, you know, Mullins is coming in and he's like, you know, maybe they're they're calling it, you know, where one route concept is spider two wide banana. And now you're 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 calling it, you know, snake three W Apple. You know, I I don't know. I don't know how these, these things go. But, you know. <laughs> no, that was that, it, man. Now, that was it. Yeah, you nailed it.
0: That's it for now sure. Now the verbiage
1: is different, and, and you're like, okay. But Mullins has the potential to be a guy who can stay here in Minnesota as the backup for Cousins or whoever, you know, is the, the QB1 of the future. For a long time, as long as O'Connell is here, maybe he has that trust in Mullins to be that backup guy. But time will tell. I'm very interested to see when they do trim the roster down to 53 um, next week who stays and who goes with the quarterback
0: no that's absolutely the a topic stole mine for sure and I gotta think Kevin O'Connell such an offensive mind quarterback played quarterback in the NFL he's gonna have too hard of a time just cutting Kellen Mond it's too early I think he's shown enough potential and what he did at Texas A&M to at least give him one more year one more season under his belt do they keep two quarterbacks Reg I mean that's a huge advantage being able to keep somebody else on your roster too so all these questions more will be answered six and a half days from now again next next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. That's a wrap today. Back tomorrow, breaking down more Twins, Vikings, plenty more. Remember, you got to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode with your thirty-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports. Which, by the way, you can now find streaming on your Roku device. So be sure to look out for our Lockdown Sports Minnesota app there as well. We're a podcast too, free and available all platforms. Subscribe, drop us a five-star review, and take us everywhere on the go. That's the legend, Reggie Wilson, right there. Follow him <laughs> on Twitter at Reggie Wilson TV. And on Kara Levin, I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Special thanks to our producer, Matt DeBritz. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Lockdown Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out.
1: Be blessed. Spread love today.